Blog Talk Radio. Hey, Termical Terminal fans, welcome to the show on another Sunday. Sun Guy and the coach with the most coming ass from coast to coast. He doesn't mean to brag, but he has to boast because he loves making challah bread French toast. Coach Mike Jones, we want to wish you a happy Easter and also a happy month of Ramadan for our Muslim listeners. Hope you're enjoying the holidays no matter what you celebrate. And quick reminder, you can find me later tonight at Pacific Northwest Blue Collar Wrestling in Portland back at the Colony 7525 North Richmond Avenue. But without any further ado, we are excited to bring our guest to you today. She is just getting started in the professional wrestling industry, but she has a very strong background in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu as well. Jenny Santana, thank you so much for taking the time today to be with us. Thank you for having me. No problem. Well, our standard first-timer question is how did you get started in the business? I know you're second generation, but what led to you getting on the path to make a career in wrestling? Well, I guess I should say um, I didn't grow up in the business, So, but my family definitely had wrestling in the blood. Like I can remember ever since I was uh, old enough to walk, like five, six, and then we would have wrestling matches in the backyard. I grew up with my three older uncles. Like They'd body slam me over the head. We'd do tag team matches. So that was always a thing. Then as I grew up, I got a younger brother. We had, like, a wrestling organization in our basement. Like, we would use props and videotape promos, videotape matches, uh, break, like, cups over people's heads, uh, had, like, a cardboard belt we made. And so it's always probably been in my blood just because it's been so prevalent in my life. But for me, getting in the ring myself, um, I did an interview with uh, Hannibal a few months ago or some months ago now, and uh, it was actually for my jiu-jitsu, so he was going to be interviewing me for uh, winning worlds and nationals, and then he had asked um, if I had ever considered wrestling, and I was like, no, I, I never did, but he kind of set something up that I could practice and have someone train me, and it was it was awesome. Like, it, it was a very quick adaption, so it wasn't a far reach from jiu-jitsu to wrestling. Like, it's still kind of all in the martial arts. Uh, fighting type wheelhouse and so it was a I mean it was a good fit for me I guess it's in my DNA you can say so I I loved it and I I love it to this day so I'm really glad that that connection was made and I was able to start training and uh, bring myself into this business now for the fans that are wondering of course you are the daughter of Tito Santana, and he has a very long and storied legacy in the business. I know you haven't been in for very long, but in the time you've been in this, do you find that 
it might be easier or harder being the child of someone that is an established star getting their start in the business? I think it's always a double-edged sword. Um, it's, and I think that because, one, it's easier, yeah, because you, um, you have that bloodline, you have that second generation. Um, so that's always going to be easier. You have people in the business who he worked with who welcome you like family because of that. So that for sure um, is an amazing, amazing factor. So uh, the other side, though, you have expectations on you, and then you have people looking at you that um, will think, oh, you, you'd feel entitled and things like that. So, and then you always feel like you have to work harder to prove yourself, even if you don't have an entitled mindset. Uh, some people will, no matter what you do, say, oh, it's because you're entitled. It's because of this. It's because of that. And so when when is the crossover when someone can be viewed standing on their own two feet? And, and I don't think it's just wrestling. I mean, I know um, people from MMA, you know, and, and they've, you know, we've talked about it. And second generation, um, there was a boy from – uh, well, Randy Couture and then Ryan. I, I was friends with Ryan, and it was the same thing with him. You know, he went into MMA, and, you know, you have those expectations, and when you're living in a shadow of someone so great, it's always going to be hard, but it's also going to be easy because they have those connections, but you have to work for it. So, I mean, I think with anything you do in life, there's there's um, positives and negatives, and, and that's just one of them with me in that situation as well. Uh, your background is in jiu-jitsu, and it's a more of a pure grappling type of sport, and that prepares you, of course, for professional wrestling. But there is also several styles out there of professional wrestling that are vastly different than what jiu-jitsu is going to prepare you for as far as what they do have you been studying some of the other pro wrestling styles that aren't necessarily tied to what you would have learned in jiu-jitsu oh yeah i mean that that's probably what i'm studying the most because i mean i think i for for one like my trainer sin bodhi like he will work on things with me that i'm not good at like that's what you need to work on to become a well-rounded um, individual athlete wrestler and so my ground game in the ring I mean that's fine I could do that without you know without blinking but then it's the stuff that I'm not used to like getting off my feet doing the frog jumps things like that I mean I used to be a gymnast when I was younger but I definitely have not left my feet like that for a long time so um, I would say I definitely practice things that do not come naturally to me that are not involved with, you know, the ground game in the ring just because I already, I already have that, not mastered, but that is my natural instinct. So I don't necessarily need to focus on that as much as I do other aspects so that I can become a better wrestler. Now, I don't know if Sin Bodhi is necessarily – expert in this and would teach it to you, but Lucha Libre is something that has become very, very popular in the United States in the last few years. It's a vastly different 
hyper professional wrestling than what the American style is. Have you delved very much into Lucha Libre to have that in your back pocket? Um, I, so he definitely does tell me the differences. Like when we're training, he'll say, um, this is like Lucha. This is how they do it, Lucha style. And so I have had exposure to it. Um, I'm training out of FSW, so there's other coaches there that have classes who probably do have more experience in that. And then there's wrestlers themselves there who uh, will focus, and they're more Lucha wrestlers. And so just by being at that school, being surrounded by everyone there, because everyone is so talented, you know, we're at so many different levels. There's people, there's people now who came after me, and so I'm not the baby of the group anymore, which is crazy, um, having someone new come into the school and then think that I know what I'm doing when a few months ago I had, like, no idea what I was doing. So, I mean, that, there's so many students of all different levels you know, and that school has produced many wrestlers who have gone to be in the major organizations. So definitely just being at a place like that, surrounded by people who all have one common goal, who all want to help you, yes, I am be- being able to get exposed to different uh, types of wrestling. One of the traditional parts of Lucha Libre is the wearing of masks. And I know in the southwestern part of the country where there are a lot of luchadors that come up to wrestle, uh, you see a lot of the traditional lucha masks. At any point in time, have you considered using a lucha mask and sort of learning under a mask as you get started? I have not considered that yet. I think that I'm so new that I just need to kind of get my feet in the game and get comfortable with what I'm doing first before I expand expand myself. Now, I understand you fairly recently attended Gangrel's wedding, and Gangrel, of course, legendary figure in the professional wrestling business. What was it like getting to attend his nuptials? Oh, it was so exciting. I mean, you know, you look at these people, and I've had the opportunity to meet so many wrestlers, and, you know, you look at them, and they're larger than life. You look at what they've done with their career. It's amazing. But then when you get to know them on a personal level, like, they're just the same as you and me. Like, he was the nicest guy. Their wedding was beautiful. Their reception was awesome. And it was a very, like, low-key, intimate thing. So I was able to get to talk to him and um, just enjoy the day. And, like, it was so awesome to be a part of it. I went um, down there with one of my business partners um, and then also another wrestler. And so it was just it was really great to be a part of that and, you know, see, see the softer side of him because, you know, when you think of him, like, spitting out blood and stuff on wrestling on WWE, <laughs> And then, you know, you see him, you know, almost crying, saying vows to someone he loves. It's, it's very sweet. Now, in the wrestling industry, it is often very hard to maintain relationships just because there's so much travel involved and uh, people are away from their homes and their families for long periods of times. When you were getting into wrestling, 
were people that have been around sort of giving you a lesson on that type of aspect of the business as well, on how to try to maintain some sense of family life outside of the wrestling business, or is this something that you're just going to have to learn on your own? Um, I haven't had any problems with that so far. I think, I mean, I'm a super grounded, family-oriented person. So, um, like, my mom has traveled with me many times when I traveled already. So that's not an issue. Probably the only issue that I have had um, is probably from my jiu-jitsu coach, Fretzen Peshaw, and he sometimes gets a little frustrated with me not being in class <laughs> as much as I should because normally I'm there like five days a week. And my life has definitely changed. It's become like a whirlwind, and now it's like a struggle to get get in there consistently, which, you know, I need to make a better effort, but like sometimes when I'm traveling away, I can't do that. And so, yeah, when I come the next day, he's definitely like, where were you? What what were you doing? You know what I mean? And so there's definitely things that I need to, that I still make priorities, even though um, the time crunch has definitely set in. But but my family, no, that's always you know, I'm I'm always around my family, so that's not really an issue. Sometimes my grandmother gives me a little a little slack, but then as soon as I go away, I, that's like the first stop when I get back. So then she gets better. Now, of course, in wrestling, we also know, like I was just saying, that travel is a big part of it. And if you're going to be successful in the wrestling business. Eventually, you're going to have to learn to be on the road and travel. Is that something that is coming fairly easy for you, adapting to being on the road for good parts of the month? So I guess that is probably a little bit of a struggle. One, because I wasn't the greatest flyer, so I'm definitely adapting to flying now. Um Anytime there was any type of turbulence, I felt like my life was ending and I would like nearly cry like a baby. But I've gotten better at that, so I've, I will say that I've adapted to flying and gotten more comfortable with it. Then the other thing with traveling is um, I would say for me the amount of water that I drink, and this happened even when I would go on vacations before wrestling was even an issue. Like anytime I would go away, and get out of my normal routine, I would always have problems with diet and with consuming enough water. So now when I go to the airport, I will get a liter of water and drink it right away. And then as soon as I land, I'll get some more. And so just keeping that consistency, like I know uh, I'm very careful about things that throw me off and something as, um, well, not not small because it's huge, but something like consuming enough water throughout the day is a huge thing for me and then limiting the amount of like salt that I eat when I'm away and just things like that to kind of keep me on the same schedule making sure that if I have time I do get to the gym if it's a tiny gym in the hotel whatever as long as I can get some type of exercise or sit in a hot tub or sauna and so I think just being you know Knowing myself well enough, it's it's kind of I'm adapting a little bit easier because I know what I need to do, and then I'm quick to, like, make the adjustments. So I would say from the first time I traveled to wrestling to this time where I was just at WrestleMania, it's definitely a lot easier for me. 
about wrestling is different in jujitsu in that it's more entertainment based and so people are gonna react to the entertainment based uh, part of things rather than as a sport and so that creates more of a loud ovation uh, to what is happening in front of them a lot of times rather than a traditional sport where you may get the polite clap and something goes well but in wrestling it's more of a I'm excited to see that type of ovation what so far has been the biggest ovation that you've been part of at a live show um, where I was wrestling, you mean? Uh, whether I you would... were wrestling or just in the locker room or at the show? Oh, I would say um, for sure at WrestleMania when Stone Cold music came out, when they uh, played Stone Cold music, it was like th- the first note the whole entire crowd, and I think, if I remember correctly, it was like 77,000 people or something. Like, they all just stood up, started screaming, and went crazy. Like, you, your whole body was just in goosebumps. And it's so crazy because it was literally like one note, one, the first note. Like, everyone knew, and the energy just went from like, I mean, it wasn't low energy by any means, but it just went through the roof. And so definitely that would be probably the biggest one that I've been in so far. Now, the first time that you personally are wrestling and you get that ovation from the crowd, what's going through your mind? Um, Well, I haven't had the luxury of getting an ovation like that yet, but I would say, like, the first match that I did at World Class, there definitely was um, some big points for the crowd, and, you know, you just feed off the adrenaline. It's awesome. It's, It's awesome. To me, it was great. Like, it gives you just so much more energy, and, you know, it's not like you feel invincible, but, like, you definitely feel like you could go beyond what you were thinking you could do. And you want to do that because, you know, you get that response from the crowd and you want to give it back to them. Like you want to prove that, you know, it's justified in cheering for someone or, you know, letting out all that energy and being behind someone. And so it's definitely like a symbiotic relationship where like the more they give you, the more you want to give. And it just keeps growing. Well, at this point, the, Coach with the most is with us, and I'm sure Coach has questions as well, so I'm going to pass things over to Coach. Okay. Hey, Coach Mike Jones, the Coach with the most, coming at you from coast to coast, live here in Puyallup, Washington. Welcome, Jenny Santana. We have over 1,700 episodes now. We're really grateful to have you on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes, and you're down there in Vegas, right? Yes, I'm in Vegas, and yes. And then we, uh, man, we can't wait to one day hopefully have you up here in the Northwest. Uh, Sin Bodie and Stefan Bonner are both part of the Real School Army, and man, we'd sure love to have you in the Real School Army. Yes, I would love to come up. Yes, I, I will definitely plan on that sometime in the future. And have you uh, performed many uh, MM, MMA seminars in the past? Um, I have not performed uh, seminars, but I have attended them. <laughs> so 
I, you know, I never feel like I'm the expert, especially like when I'm training with uh, my coaches, Preston Pachau. He, his um, coach was Osvaldo Alves. Like they're just the greats in jujitsu. Like I don't feel like I'm. I mean, definitely in Las Vegas, there's there's so many. You know, it's like the mecca here. So um, no, I have not given a seminar personally, but I have attended amazing ones. Okay, yeah, we've had Stefan Bonner up here with about a half dozen seminars in the Northwest. They love him. we got a bunch of places that like to do them. And, hey, I think you might be able to do a good one one day. So we have to yeah, check it out. Yeah, I would love that. That sounds awesome. Okay, and then so, hey, who were some of your heroes growing up, whether it was uh, wrestling, MMA, ordinary life, or just sports? And then we know a lot of the questions I asked might have more than one answer. Be Feel free to have as many answers as you like. Okay. Um, so growing up, I guess, who did I look up to maybe in wrestling? I loved the Ultimate Warrior when I was super young because just the energy, you know. And as a kid, like, I didn't look at wrestling technique as much. It just, you know, he just, uh, the room just went crazy, the energy level raised, and he always was super high energy, and that's what I loved about him. Um, in sports, I was, uh, I did figure skating, but roller skating. And so probably I loved watching ice skating. And so no matter who was ice skating, I thought it was the most beautiful sport and I always loved it. So anytime it was on TV or on the Olympics, I had to watch it. And it's still kind of like a a habit nowadays. Like I just can't turn it off when it comes on. And then, uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I like, I my goal when I was younger was to like be an actress, and an, or, so I think that I loved watching movies and just you know seeing the different actors, and I was like in love with Tom Cruise for a long time in my life. So. <laughs> All right. Nice. Okay, and then, uh, so did you play sports in high school or growing up? I was a gymnast when I was younger, and then in high school, I was a cheerleader, actually. Okay, and then what about, uh, what's your self-defense background? Um, I did karate in high school, so through high school, I got up to be a brown belt, and that was like a unique form of karate. It was this guy who was an ex-Navy SEAL, kind of invented his own form, so it was a combination of boxing, kickboxing, and karate. So that was pretty interesting. Uh, gave a good foundation of stand-up and different things. And then I, when we moved out to Vegas, I was able to start jiu-jitsu. So then that kind of consumed my life because I fell in love with it. Okay, and then you are a grappling champion, I hear. Yeah, so I am a brown belt now, and I this past year – I competed in nationals and won my division in the gi, and then I did no gi worlds and won my division for that one as well. All right, awesome. And then yeah. do you have any suggestions for people who uh, would like to get into the business or MMA? I would say go. Go to a class. Find a good gym and then attend because I, you know, everyone, everyone always, when they start, they wish they would have started sooner. And so I would say the best 
uh, advice would be to start today because in a year from now, you can still be wishing that you want to start or you can have a year under your belt. So start today if, if you want to do it. And do you have any schools you'd like to recommend for MMA or wrestling? Oh, well, for... Def, well, for wrestling, if you're in the Las Vegas area, um, FSW is probably that's a no-brainer that you would go there. Um, I know that my old training partner, Matt Vandegrift, he came from California. I believe it was Santino Brothers. So I've heard a lot of good things about that one, too. And then if you're in Florida, Gangrel has his own school, which I've heard really great things about that as well for pro wrestling. And then Jiu-Jitsu. Oh if you're in Las Vegas, stop by our gym anytime. We'd love to have you. Okay, then what are some of the most memorable matches that you've either seen or been involved, and that's the same thing with MMA or wrestling? So one of the most memorable matches I saw at Jiu-Jitsu, I think it was in Houston a few years ago at an IBJJF Open, and it was uh, a uh, an adult male match. I forget what color belt they had, but it had to be brown or probably black belt. And the one guy went for a, a heel hook or a, a toe hold. Sorry. And uh, he, he didn't tap and his ankle like popped and, you know, they, they stopped the match then. And by the time he got off the, the mat, his ankle was like a golf ball. It was so swollen. And so, you know, you just, I, I see that match over and over again, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like it just goes through me because <laughs> in a matter of a second, like your whole foot can be popped off. And, and like, it, it was so swollen. Like, he, I don't even know if he needed surgery or what, but definitely, definitely a lot of damage done. And then probably my most memorable match um, – there's two of them. Actually, it was at Houston for my most memorable match. I went in, and, you know, I thought I was doing so great, and I was a blue belt back then. And I ended up losing to by, I think, two points. And I was, like, devastated because I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, I had way too much confidence, I think, going in there. And so that was the turning point for me because – Losing there was the turning point for me to decide, like, this is what I want to do. I want to compete. And then just my training just changed after that, and, and I took it more seriously. And so I'm so glad <laughs> that I had that loss there because it made me so much better in the future. And then my other match that probably was a turning point was my first one as a purple belt where I got my arm broken at Noki World. That's definitely a memorable moment because I still have some arm trouble sometimes, but... <laughs> All right. What about in wrestling? In wrestling, I haven't had that many matches so far. Um, especially the first one I did, they wanted more of like a cat fight, so it really wasn't maybe a real wrestling match. And then I've had a match at FSW. I would say that they're just, I'm so new that there's such learning experiences. So I look at it and all I see is the things that I need to correct, which is awesome because it's a good, I think it's a good mindset to be. I definitely will not be overconfident with this. So um, just watching it over and over again, having my coach watch it, getting advice from other people and just seeing like how I could have done things differently. What, you know, what would have been better here? What would have been better there? And so I'm just very grateful for the opportunity to have so much feedback and be able to grow with it. Right on. And then 
Uh, I'm a sponsor of uh, Battleground MMA's J.D. Burns. He just competed in the uh, Bare Knuckle Boxing Championship in Florida, and uh, they got a nice saying. It's either win or learn. So you reminded me about that when you said about your loss. Yeah. 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 That's a that's a rough one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then one of our my standard questions too is. One of, who's some of your toughest opponents so far? In jiu-jitsu? In anything, um, yes. I would say one of my toughest toughest opponents, and I actually don't even remember her name, but it was during Pan Am's Purple Belt, and she had gotten her brown belt like right after that that competition. But she was like amazing with arm bars, and so like. You knew going in, because I watched tape on her, like, no matter what position, that's what she was going to go for eventually. And uh, I didn't have as much experience as she did. But, you know, I held out for pretty long. Like, I escaped, I think, one or two of them. And then and then I just, you know, she, she had got me. I did something stupid. And um, th- that was, you know, my mistake. And she had capitalized on it and then ended up get, getting it, getting the submission. So I think just... You know, I go into all of them as as tough matches. If if I don't, I make a mistake, and 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 I did make that mistake not, not that recently um, ago. In um, when I did nationals, I had won gi the first day, and then no gi was the second day. And I had watched the tape on the girl I was gonna be. Well, there was two girls like I was gonna go against the winner. And so I'd watched the tape of them fighting the day before. And I was like, oh, if this girl wins, like, she did not great the day before. I was like, I got this, no problem. And she did. And I was like, oh, I'm golden, you know. And my coach is like, you know, don't do not do that. You know, you got to pay attention. You don't know what's going to happen today. She could have had a bad day. She could have an off day. And I went in there, and I made a mistake. And then she capitalized on it, and I couldn't get out from under her. Like, I had finally gotten out from under her. Um, a little bit before the match ended, I went for a toe hold. I almost got it. People said she tapped, but I don't. I don't think she did because they they uh, called the timer, and so I ended up losing. And and it just kind of reminded me again, like not to be overconfident and not to you know you can have an opinion about anything, but when you get in there, like everything changes. You can have a game plan. You can have this. You can have that. And then the bell rings, and and then you you, you know you see what you made of and see what actually happens. So. All right, impressive. And then Sign Guy would like to know, uh, what is your favorite coffee to drink if you do drink coffee? Oh, my gosh, I love lattes. I will get the white chocolate (laughs) mocha lattes or caramel lattes, and it's my guilty pleasure. I know that I need to cut down my sugar, but I will get at least half of one every day I will drink, whether it's iced or hot. It doesn't matter. I just love it, and... That's my go-to. I feel like it's an addiction now, but. (laughs) All right. (laughs) And then who are some of the uh, favorite people um, to work with? My favorite people to work with? Um, One of my favorite to work with, uh, I mean, we haven't done matches yet, but when I went to FSW for the first time and started training with Sin, my training partner there was Matt Vandegrift. He's uh, pretty popular in the indies. And uh, it was just great working with him. Like, we had a good connection, a good relationship to work together. And 
he was so knowledgeable and so much further advanced than me, but also so patient. And so, like, it was a blessing. He recently moved to Florida, so I'm not working with him anymore. But it was really it was a great opportunity for me to learn from him and to just have someone who, you know, cause you're doing moves and you're jumping around and people are catching you and it's so easy to get hurt and just going in there and being able to be trusting to someone that I just met and developing a good relationship. It was, uh, it was a blessing and I'm very thankful for the months that I was able to train with him. Yeah. What an honor. And yeah. then what's some of your, what's some of your favorite places to work? Well, I've only been in Texas so far at Las Vegas, so um, I, w- I will say Vegas because of our show coming up, So, which I'm super excited about. Um, UWW, I'm the general manager. It's going to be Ultimate Women of Wrestling, and it's an all-women's wrestling organization that is coming to the Las Vegas Strip on May 21st at 8 p.m. So that show is going to be amazing. We have a roster full of girls uh, from... The announcer, Saul Guerrero, which is the late Eddie Guerrero's daughter. And we have Ivalice doing the main event along with Maserati, who's also a hometown girl from Las Vegas. And we just have eight matches that are going to be, you know, amazing and energy-packed. And so many different women, different ethnicities. I think we have like seven languages covered it's it's just going to be an amazing an amazing show and event. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. And that's going to be on the strip. So I'm going to stay Las Vegas for now. <laughs> okay, right on. And uh, what do you got coming up? What else do you got coming up? Um, so wrestling that has been a huge focus. Getting everything ready for that show. Um, doing interviews, talking about it. The tickets are finally going to be on sale this week. So we're definitely trying to get that show to be the best that it can be. And then uh, professionally, I'm going to be opening up uh, a regenerative medicine clinic in the summer in Las Vegas. And so like both of those things are kind of like babies right now. So they both have to be nourished. But uh, those two projects are taking up a lot of time. So those are my main focuses right now. All right. And then, hey, how do people get a hold of you? They can definitely visit, um, they can follow me on Facebook or they can follow me on Instagram. I'm usually on Instagram more or Twitter, but Instagram and Twitter handle is Jenny underscore Santana underscore. So, and then if they want to follow UWW, the Instagram is UWW fed. Okay, cool. And then I, I seen you that you was in New, New York with uh, Hannibal. Uh, was that just to work out or do interviews or what? So we actually, my business partner for the Regenerative Medicine Clinic, we were in New Jersey, and we both had gotten stem cells done at the same time. And then we hit the Strong and Shapely gym because I'm a workout addict. So we had to go to the gym a few times. And then um, AJ Caprio, my business partner, he was nice enough to, like, host us and He'd drive us around and stuff like that. So we all got to work out at the gym together, which he posted some of those videos and just got to enjoy New Jersey. Like they have really great dining there. And it, it was a, it was a wonderful time and a great time for us to recover and get the, like the stem cells have helped my knee so much. That was my second round of stem cells. And my knee was at the point where I couldn't even like bend it. And so I had gotten the first round and then got an MRI 
And you can see the tears on the um, when we did the ultrasound and after my first set of stem cells and then I got the MRI, there was no tears in any of the ligaments. So it just worked wonders for me. Wow, what a blessing. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm just about done, so I want to give my plugs real quick before I give you back to Sign Guy. Uh, yes. I can be reached at Coach Mike Jones, the coach with the most, and Coach Mike Jones on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Also, we got the Real School Army in the NGW Green Room, and I'm also now doing the Seattle Mariners organi- Organizational Report I've been blessed to do. And, Jenny, we thank you so much. We're so grateful for you. We're so Man, what a blessing that Hannibal got you to to decide to do wrestling. We wish you all the continued success in the world, and thank you so much. Thank you. Brother Sign. (laughs) Thank you, Coach. Well, uh, (laughs) Jenny, one of the things in pro wrestling that has always been sort of controversial, but in the last few years it has been more of a source of controversy, and that is blood within professional wrestling. There's always going to be some just because of the nature of it, but some people feel that due to what we know about the bloodborne pathogens now and illnesses that maybe blood should be curtailed as much as it can be other people see a place for blood still in professional wrestling. Do you have any feelings either way on blood as it relates to pro wrestling in this era? I think that uh, pro wrestling is always going to have blood because whether whether you want to or not, whether you plan it or it's an accident and your eye opens or you have an accident and you hit someone by, and you hit them a little too hard and, and something opens, and so it probably should be treated, eventually it needs to get treated like every other sport, like MMA. You know, you have a legitimate organization, and those fighters have to get tested, and they have to pass their own tests in order to get in the ring. And so, you know, some states hold pro wrestling accountable for that. I know, like Oklahoma, there's a commission where you have to get tested, and you have to pass pass those tests before you can get in the ring and so I would say you're never going to be able to control whether someone bleeds or not you know whether they if they cut themselves yes you can control that but you know there's always a chance you're you're in a combat sport you know whether your goal is to hurt the person or not so there's always a chance that there's going to be bloodshed so I think eventually it probably needs to get to that where pro wrestlers need to you know pass those tests and the same as if you're getting in an MMA cage now, years ago, there was a big problem with wrestlers uh, using steroids. Uh, it was a very, very big problem in the 80s and early 90s, and then it popped up again in the early 2000s. But being new to wrestling, but also not being new to combat sports in general, do you think that the steroid problem has largely been handled by the commissions and the people within the business, or do you think that there's still a problem out there that's just not got the light on it right now? 
Um, I would say, this is a controversial question, huh? I would say there's probably not light in some of the areas. You can look, you can look at some athletes and, um, they're taking something, you know, and, and some of the supplements out there today probably resemble some of the hormones they were taking illegally back in the eighties, you know, that you can buy on a shelf today. So I think that, I mean, it's for sure, I would be naive to think it's not out there, you know, when you look at some athletes and their their body is doing something that it naturally wouldn't do no matter how much chicken and protein shake you put in them. Clearly, there's something else happening that's assisting with their physique, so... Now, when you go to wrestling training, is there sort of a mindset from your background in jujitsu that you have to shut off to do wrestling training, or is the jujitsu actually helpful getting through the wrestling training? It's so funny you say that. That's my that is my main problem. <laughs> that is one of the main things I need to work on. So with wrestling, um, selling. And if someone slaps you, you know, you want to act like it's this big thing so that the crowd can react and, and digest it. Whereas jujitsu, sorry, if, if someone hurts you, you want to downplay that as much as possible because then they will, you know, capitalize on it. So I think that just, you know, when someone hits me and, and you know, when we're at trainings and it'll be like, sell what you feel. And I'm like, no, you know, for me, you know, that is my background is trying to pretend you're not hurt as much as you can. Then you go in the wrestling ring and you want to pretend, not pretend, but you want to act, you want to feel everything. Whereas opposed to jujitsu, you want to not feel anything so that you can get through it uninjured at all. So that's probably my main switch that I need to turn off, turn on, I guess when I get into the ring. Makes a lot of sense. Well, I believe Coach has something else for you, so I'm going to toss back to Coach. Okay, Jenny, uh, this show's going pretty fast. we got about another over 15 minutes left, but I know sign has got to go early today, or at least on time. So we do have some extra time, and we, we have a game we like to play called Word Association. I'll... I'll throw out a name and then you give us your either one word uh, description or however you feel about them. Okay? Okay. Ronda Rousey. Oh, she paved the way for women's MMA. Like, you have to respect her. Armbar is another one. Like, I think everyone would associate the word armbar with Ronda Rousey. Thunder Rosa. Um, I don't know if I know who that is. Okay, she's the AEW uh, champion right now. Oh, okay. Look her up. I will, I will. I always associate AEW with Britt Baker. She's like one of my faves from AEW, so. Yeah, Th- Thunder ended up beating her, and she's got an b- MMA background, too. So, she, uh, man, she's definitely one to study because she, she mixes the two well. Yeah, I love that. And we we actually have some girls in our organization who, you know, have the MMA background. One girl, I think it's Data Zing, she also has jiu-jitsu in her background a little bit. 
And so it's awesome. I was t- able to talk with Ivelisse, who's headlining our event in May, and she has an MMA background too. So just getting her take on those things, I mean, she's like an 18-year veteran. So anything that she has to say is going to be very useful to me. So being able to talk with someone openly about this the switchover from MMA to pro wrestling and getting her take on it and her and hearing her saying the same things I'm saying kind of validates me. And it's great because then I could take the advice where, you know, it may have taken her longer to learn these things and I can kind of fast track my own self by, by taking her advice and seeing what other people have done and, and using that. Okay, cool. All right. I got a, a few more here. James Beard. I actually met him uh, when I did World Class. Great guy. He's very nice. Um, So I really enjoyed getting to meet him. So I would probably associate him uh, with Texas, meeting him there not that long ago. And another one from World Class, Jerry Bostick. Uh, Well, the boss, right? That was his name. (laughs) His little wiggle shake, I guess. Okay, Okay, what about Misha Tate? The Cupcake, she, uh, another great female MMA, um, just much respect. I, I think she just had a baby, and then she's, like, right back in the gym and in shape. So, I mean, just so amazing to watch those girls fight and see the athleticism and the heart that they provide when when they fight. So, definitely, she's someone I look up to as well. Yeah, and a little uh, tip there, uh, we're getting ready to work with her in, in the – future here and i'm hoping i can get you two to meet yeah that'd be great i think when she's in vegas she trains out of a gym um extreme couture and i used to train there um a little bit i didn't do jujitsu when i was there i did like a physical fitness class but i think that she trains there so because she's here a lot i think to do camp so i would love to meet her yes that would be great yes how about al snow Oh, so he actually just saw a picture of him on my phone, like, I think this morning, and he's in really good shape for his age. Okay, nice. How about Lacey Von Erich? Um, I've heard a lot about her. I've seen uh, some of the interviews she did on the Hannibal TV. I think she was associated with SWE. I don't know her personally. I have not met her, so... Um, I I just I remember seeing all the videos that Hannibal had posted, and I know that they were joking because she always had like a beer in her hand. So I when I think of her, I just see a video of her walking around the convention with a beer. So okay, how about Charlie Haas? Great guy. I actually text him Happy Easter. Uh, I saw him at. I met him in Dallas when I did the world class, and then I was able to see him again at WrestleMania. So really nice guy. And his kids are amazing in the ring. I don't know if you've seen them yet, but very, very talented children. Okay. And then how about UFC Hall of Famer Stefan Bonner? He's great, too. I was actually able to meet him. Uh, we did, like, a promo with Rudy Morales one day. So I was able to meet him at the gym because he used to have a gym out here in Vegas. And I know that he's a pro wrestler. I'd love to meet or to get to be, to be able to do some work with him eventually in the future. Okay, great. And then uh, Hall of Famer Jake the Snake. 
So I, he was actually the officiator of Sin Bodhi's wedding not too long ago. So it was very awesome to get to see that. Speaking of the wedding, what about creepy Karen? She is so beautiful and amazing. She actually sang. So their wedding was the most entertaining wedding I have ever been to. It was it was like a show, and he had all of these performers show uh, perform after the show. And she after the wedding, I'm sorry, after they did their vows, which was beautiful. And she sang a song to him, and she has the most beautiful voice. Like, it, it was amazing. And so I was so honored to have gone there, and that was the first time I got to meet her. So it was very exciting, and she's a very beautiful person. She definitely is. And, man, I've been blessed to be able to work with her and Sin. I had Kevin Sullivan come down to their gym and do a, a seminar. So, And while we were at the seminar, there was a bird out front of the of their gym that was, like, injured and between uh karen and my girl and myself we rescued that bird and and, uh karen took care of the bird so she loves animals too yeah she has a lot yes and tells me like all the animals they like they have chickens and cats and dogs like oh my gosh yes beautiful woman who rescues anyone in danger (laughs) definitely (laughs) how about the how about d-lo brown He's awesome, too. So I did an interview with him at WrestleCon, but he is a teacher at FSW, and sometimes when I'm in the ring with uh, with Sin and we're practicing and he has a class to teach, he'll come a little bit earlier. And then it's awesome to get his perspective. So, I mean, there's so many talented people there, but he definitely was able to help me. I think it was arm drags the last time that he helped me with, and um, it, it was great. You know, like there there's so much experience and just being wise and so being able to soak that in and learn from those individuals is awesome and they're so kind like everyone there is so nice there isn't there isn't any attitudes that you know cause dissension and so it's it's a beautiful place to be able to be a part of awesome so i got just a few more ultimate warrior they're just like the, the ropes, the shaking of the ropes, and the face paint. And I loved neon colors when I was younger, so all the fringes and the neon. Yeah, definitely. And I was surprised how, you know, being that muscular and sprinting to the ring all the time, I was thinking to myself, man, this guy must stretch a lot or something and not blow out a muscle, you know? It's like, oh, wow. I know. That physique, <laughs> yeah. That, see, that's a physique built on protein shakes and chicken. Yeah, and then so two more, Hannibal. Hannibal, I cannot say enough good things. Like, he has been so kind to me, and, you know, none of this would be possible without him because he, you know, set so many relationships uh, go in my path, and I, I just cannot thank him enough for everything he's done for me. He's been amazing, and, yeah, he's a very good friend. And the last one, a very special person to all of us, Sin Bodhi. Oh, my gosh. He is the kindest, gentlest soul. Like, you know, you see this guy who's tattooed from head to toe, and you're like, oh, my gosh, a little bit scary. I know, like, he he says, like, he rides a motorcycle sometimes. Like, it, you, you just you picture that coming down. And 
and then you get to meet him and he is so kind like he invited me to his wedding he opened up his arms like to be a part of his wrestling family and his real family and he's just so just such a kind gentle soul and he's always willing to help like and tells you like it is I, I cannot say enough good things about him I'm so happy to have been set up with him to able to to have him as a trainer I know, same here. You know, I was able to be on tour with those guys, with Jake the Snake and the Jim Rose Circus for a few shows and uh, worked with Sin many times in the Real School Army. And he's just so talented and amazing in his production that he has, like, on videos and uh, just so much he brings to the table. And one, one other thing that really I was looking back at our last match that we had when we, we got to beat uh, – the five most wanted, that was a really memorable match for me. And looking back at that match, you could see Sin, just the little things he do, does that you wouldn't even think about. Just the way he points in the air and moves his hands, it's like, goodness. It's so great. And, like, and he, he knows so much, and he's so knowledgeable. Like, he's knowledgeable about wrestlers back to the black and white era because, you know, he'll give me homework to watch tape and wrestlers I've never heard about and now because of sin, like, I'm learning from them. And in addition to being in the ring, like, we watch tape, we study it, we go over things like what I need to be working on, watching other people, trying to emulate them. And, I mean, he is just he's just so, so knowledgeable in this field. And I guess, you know, that comes with all the experience he has. And, and his trainer was Jake the Snake. So, I mean, just the amount of knowledge that has been passed on to him and then he's grown into his own and, and developed himself. And, and now, luckily, I'm getting to learn from him, which is really, really a great opportunity. Amen. So, yes, I'm so grateful to have you on. I'm looking forward to lo- working with you as soon as we can get you up here. Or if I can get down there, either way. But, man, thanks a million, and uh, you have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great Sunday. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you very much. I look forward to working with you more in the future as well. I think Sign Guy might have some more. Okay. Um, well, we're down to the last few minutes, so I'm just going to throw it to Jenny Santana. Anything you want to say to the listeners, plug and promote Anything and everything you want, social media's upcoming shows, merchandise, your favorite dry cleaner, anything you want, floors all yours. <laughs> I would just say um, look for our clinic opening in uh, Las Vegas. It's going to be by our store sometime in June, the middle of June. For sure, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Jenny underscore Santana, and I'll have some of my shirts. There will be a link in the next few days if you're interested in buying any of my merchandise or photos, autographs, things like that. And then for sure, probably the main thing I'd like to announce is I just remind everyone that UWW is coming to Sahara, Las Vegas, May 21st. Our ticket should go on sale soon. And that is going to be an amazing show. We have athletes such as Saul Guerrero, uh, Ivelisse, Maserati, Santana Garrett, Christy James. So a lot of people on the roster, uh, Genocide, Lady Tapa. So please come and join us uh, if you're anywhere near Las Vegas or if you want to schedule a vacation to Las Vegas. You will not be disappointed with the show at all. Well, it was a pleasure having you on the show today. We want to thank you very much for taking time out of your Easter to be with us. 
deeply appreciate that. And we look forward to seeing you up here in the Northwest whenever we get the chance to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Have a wonderful Sunday, relaxing and safe. And I look forward to working with you guys more as well. Thanks for right. and Fans, definitely, if you've not seen her yet, look up Jenny Santana. Start following her now. Good things are coming down the pike for her. So get on the bandwagon early. We will be back with you next week. Everybody stay safe out there. And if you're in the Portland area, Blue Collar Wrestling later tonight after you've found all the Easter eggs. So get down there and support. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you.